Welcome to I'm Obsessed With This, the Netflix podcast about the shows and films viewers cannot get enough of, sort of like how Ryan Murphy cannot get enough of literally anything. And today I'm joined in the studio by Anita Flores, comedian and host of the podcast I'm Listening, I'm Listening, currently in its third season, where she explores different themes and pivotal moments from the show, Frasier, with a new guest each episode. Hello, Anita. Uh, hello, I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> Truly. You're in the studio with me. Sometimes we have LA people and I can't look at them. Oh, so you're just listening. Like, oh, yeah. I'm listening. Uh, you're just listening. I'm listening, yeah. So you're more like Frasier. I guess I'm a mix between Frasier and Roz, which is a good mix to be. Right, you have to be your own Roz. I'm not Bulldog. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> There's I'm... no Bulldog in me. Nobody should be Bulldog in this day and age. Who are you? Who am I? Ugh, I've been asked this question a lot. and It, <laughs> used, to, it used to be simple, but not. it, it isn't now. It's, it's, um, I would say I'm a combination. Um, I, f- I think all people are not just one TV character. I think we're all mixes. Mm-hmm. I would say <laughs> I'm the anxiety of Niles, but sometimes the sarcasm and smoky voice of Raz mm-hmm. and the ego of Frasier, uh, depending on the time of year. Right now, I'd say I have the ego of Frasier because I am promoting season three of my podcast. I'm listening to Frasier fan podcast mm-hmm. i saw rachel bloom was on a recent episode yes that was awesome she was super fun and i didn't even know she was a fraser uh fan until somebody who listens to my podcast told me i should reach out to her because she's a fraser pod- fan podcast or she's a fraser fan and they were correct and then i looked at her like public facebook profile her fan page on netflix and it says like under her interests watching fraser i was like <laughs> i never would have known this so fortunately, which like didn't even, this was not planned. You were like, I want to talk about the politician. Correct. Which surprising because I wouldn't have watched politician without you saying that. Right. Um, but we'll get into that later. Yes. You just happened to host a show about another show on Netflix. Netflix. I know. What are the odds? Is that why you started watching Fra- or Have you always loved Frasier? Where is your relationship with Frasier? Where did it begin and how did it evolve? Frasier for me started a long time ago and I you know when it was on and I'm not going to pretend as a ooh however old I was in 1994 mm-hmm. when I started watching it I'm not going to pretend I was watching it as a child because of the great writing in my case it was I didn't have cable so I watched a lot of network TV mm-hmm. very into the musty TV NBC lineup of the mid to late 90s early mm-hmm. aughts so in that period of time you've got Frasier I think Wings was in there at some point Friends of course Seinfeld of course so it started then it started in real time Frasier then we moved into as I got older syndication so I'm catching it you know when I'm home or if I'm at school at you know 10 30 11 p.m. in reruns mm-hmm. and then uh, I'd say it really changed uh, when it when it uh, ended up on Netflix yeah. because it ends up as a companion piece to your life, I think. When it's like, I, and I can't be the only one, I think that's why fra- uh, people are so into uh, rewatching Friends. Friends, yeah. Because for one thing, we're talking 10, 11 seasons of mm-hmm. content, you know, 20 to 24 episodes a season. That's going to last you a while. Mm-hmm. You don't have to save them anymore. You can just play them when you're taking a shower or eating breakfast. And I'm a freelancer. So it's like, yeah, I can just keep it going all day. All day. Oh, long baby um and so yeah it's definitely gone from this show that i watched as it was on and um now it's a companion piece to my life what do you want from the hypothetical reboot 
Not all the cast is alive. That's true. Most of them are. Yes, most of them are, though it's definitely, it's sad, I will Mm -hmm. say. I I think it'll be definitely very different not having, especially because Martin Crane, aka, er, you know, RIP, the great John Mahoney, Mm -hmm. was sort of, you know, the the heart, the 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 conscience of the the characters of the show the, with the wise words, mm-hmm. and um, it's it's weird because whatever they do for this the the next iteration, I believe Fraser's character is gonna probably be around the same age as Martin Crane's character when it oh, first wow, started, yeah, yeah. which is absolutely insane to me to think about. So it's like what whatever angle we had with Martin as he was like a bit old and mm-hmm. crotchety and had a cane, although the cane, you know, was from an injury. Uh, I'll be interested to see if this new version involves Fraser's son, perhaps, oh, to sort yeah. of bring back some of that father and son dynamic. Yeah. Um, and I do have, uh, I, I doubt this is going to be the casting choice, but for some reason I was thinking, you know, what would fit with this day and age? Like, I love... Um, I'm trying to think of the name of the guy from Schitt's Creek who plays the son. Dan Levy. Oh, Dan Levy. I think yeah. he's so funny and very much a millennial. Mm-hmm. And I love the idea of like someone like him or a character like that as uh, Freddie Frazier's son. Oh, that'd be fun. And I'm sure he would jump at the opportunity to do that. Sure, like... sure. I, I mean, I love the idea of, of uh, perhaps, the, and I think this might have been partly a Rachel Bloom idea. You know, I'm always paranoid about stealing other people's ideas, especially because I've had so many conversations with people on my show about what they want to see in the reboot. Mm -hmm. But from everything I've heard and even just thought about myself and conversations I've had, the the idea of Frasier trying to uh, get used to new technology and perhaps even having left radio and is now trying to get into podcasting seems like a natural progression to me. That's like where my mind goes. Yeah. Frasier Crane podcast. Yeah. I believe the new... Um, this what was most recently in the news that Kelsey Grammer said that it's not going to be in Seattle. But, oh. Yeah, that's that's what he said m- most recently uh, in various articles. So it's like that's the show. It's the drink sh- coffee. It's the sh- it's the show. Well, I don't want to ruin you. You don't know how it ends, do you? I don't. All right. Well, okay. Spoil it. Let's just Spoil say it. it leaves on a, a cliffhanger of him not in Seattle, leaving Seattle for a different city. Really? Taking a chance on love. Hmm. Okay. Ju- those were, that was just <laughs> your hint, not ruining it. Um, so I think, you know, that might play a part. Okay. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah, yeah. I should watch all of it, though. I don't understand why calling that gay man a butt munch was such a scandal. That's what gays do. Munch butts and celebrate Halloween. But now let's move on to another show yes. on Netflix. It's an original. It's not a licensed title, as Frasier is. Uh-huh. Um, but you said, when asked, what are you currently obsessed with on Netflix? You answered The Politician. Right. The Politician is a new Ryan Murphy show. It's like the first Ryan Murphy show for his like Netflix deal. So it was sort of a big deal because Ryan Murphy is moving from, you know, cable television to Netflix. Right. Let's see what he does. Mm-hmm. And he did this. Mm-hmm. Before we get into it, pitch The Politician to our listeners. Like, give me like a, a 60 second pitch. Like, what is this show about? Why should we like it? Why are you so obsessed with it? Sure. Um, okay. I mean, do you love decadence? Do you love <laughs> Wes Anderson films, the the decor and the music of Wes Anderson with, you know, a lot of sort of 
I don't want to say overacting, but I mean it in a good way. Uh, do you want to see a lot of overacting and, you know, sort of politics mixed with like a soap opera? Then this is the show for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say it's definitely um, if you want to watch something that perhaps is technically related to politics, but is super fun. uh then I think that this is a great show to watch. So Ben Platt plays a kid named Peyton Hobart, lives in a very, you know, uh, affluent neighborhood. Gorgeous. Goes to a nice school. His mom, adoptive parents are Gwyneth Paltrow and Bob Balaban. He's adopted, is from a poor family, now lives in this very rich family. He decides that he wants to be president of his student body, in part because he wants to get into Harvard, but also because he wants to be president of the United States. That's his, like, number one goal. Right. So the first season is sort of like his journey towards that goal of being like the first stepping stone to being president, which is being president of your student body class. Naturally. Naturally. There's death. There's violence. There's attempted murder. There's Munchausen by proxy. Oh, yeah. There's Jessica Lang. Jessica Lang. There's kidnapping. There's all sorts of it's like it's every Ryan Murphy thing sexual fluidity sexual fluidity I think yes. and and I guess that's one that's one way to start that's a, a, a thing unique not necessarily to Ryan Murphy but like of recent shows of sure. just like the past couple of years where there's a trans actor playing a man mm-hmm. and then there's just like a lot of people who are their sexual orientation is just like either unclear doesn't matter right and i think that that's sort of interesting that the lead character of this show ben platt is like he's not gay he's like queer i guess just by definition but also like the fact that he had sex with this guy doesn't negate the fact that he's in love with this woman right and i think it's pretty interesting that that's just allowed to exist in this universe it's super interesting i actually um i was reading an article about the show talking about the, what's nice about specifically also the politician because I I have watched I think every episode of American Horror Story except for 1984 because it's not on Netflix <laughs> um, but I will when it comes out um, but but with the politician you know it was mostly the the, the criticism or no the positive the positivity about the show is that especially in this show there's not really any main focus as mm-hmm. in as in and not even just about sexual fluidity but even just about different kinds of diversity on the show like the the principal of the school is a black deaf woman um there's the, a great actor who is really in love with the one of the characters who had quote unquote has cancer i don't i don't want to ruin oh, yeah. anything oh feel free to oh, ruin okay. it oh yeah the, let's the, ruin it the girl who doesn't know that she doesn't have cancer there's um, <laughs> a guy with cerebral palsy a, a great actor uh, whose name i can't remember right now who's who's on the show um there's a a trans actor who plays like sort of like um Peyton's right hand Mm -hmm. person but the point being like they're they're just all in the universe and unlike other shows that I've watched or even like a plot to you know an episode of a show in the 90s for example I'll just mention (laughs) one one example I I have an episode coming out of my podcast about least favorite episodes of Frasier which Mm -hmm. I'm allowed to because you can love something and you can also criticize it but there's an episode called there's something about Dr. Mary uh, where Frasier has some some issues with this other radio host who happens to be black and a lot of the show talks about just him being uncomfortable with the fact that he's uncomfortable with her but feels like he can't say anything because she's black Mm -hmm. and the way that it's handled is very cringeworthy 
But the point is, on The Politician, I feel like, you know, again, there's a lot of diversity on the show and it's there, but it's not necessarily the focus, if that makes sense. Nobody's got to, like, be there and explain themselves. It's just, yes, this is the world that we're living in and and that's it, Yeah, which I really like. That's one of the things I think is most admirable about the show, just because, like, it's, I don't know, it's it's awareness it's like sort of quiet awareness and exactly, like yeah. the way that it just allows these things to be and it doesn't question anything right which right. i just found like pretty progressive and cool yeah even if i thought the show was like all so much in every other way sure it was like it's almost like of course like why why are we bothering like dealing with anyone's sexuality or like gender identity when like all of this crazy shit is happening constantly in the universe of this show yeah which yeah. involves like i don't know just not debauchery but just like conniving and terrible scandalous stuff that people do in the name of like advancing their political career sure um how how did you watch this like in what context did you watch this show like just at home really quickly like over the span of a few weeks how did you ingest it so i ingested it over mm, well i watched the pilot uh like on a weeknight at home comfortably. And then I was traveling over the weekend uh, via Greyhound bus. And if you mm-hmm. haven't been on a Greyhound bus, it's very uh, motel on wheels. And it's funny because it, it there is specific like mention of like there's a character on the show who at one point runs away from home and like kind of has a fun time pretending to not be rich Mm -hmm. and part of this involves her taking the bus and it was funny because I watched the majority on the show while I was on on a Greyhound bus Um, (laughs) which I think added a level to it you know because the whole show is all about I mean a lot of it has to do with you know privilege and decadence Mm -hmm. and wealth so I think that that was a really good backdrop for me uh, to to watch the majority of it Um, and then I think I watched the final episode in the comfort of my own home Okay. so yeah I think that that definitely played a part Mm -hmm. the different places I watched it I would love to mention one thing I think as a former psych major failed Mm -hmm. former psych major I might mention failed former psych major you just like I don't want to do this anymore Correct. I was I was a psych major for two years. And then uh, once I got into the math and science part, I was like, I'm not very good at math and uh, science. uh, It's all right. But again, I was not a great student. For that reason, I'm out. For that reason, I'm out. But one thing that we had to do in in my abnormal psych class was watch like a, a movie and diagnose a character with a mental illness. Mm-hmm. I believe I was assigned to uh, Sophie's Choice. That was fun. Okay. Um, let's it's it's in the Holocaust genre. Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. So that was um, that was interesting. But so I, I, often when I watch shows, especially about characters who seem like they might be like psychopath, like a psychopath, mm-hmm. I get so obsessed with that. And so I was immediately from the first episode, I was like, all right, is he? A psychopath yeah the main character um and from what it seems like uh he's choosing between being a psychopath and being a normal person and like especially in the last episode he even addresses it and is like i can't feel things when i'm in politics when i'm out of politics i can feel things mm-hmm. and i had a lot of mixed emotions in that final episode especially because this woman that you know who's supposed to be his first lady runs out on her wedding mm-hmm. which was so interesting and she even addresses the fact with a in a conversation with him that being in this relationship with you was never healthy for me which is true mm-hmm. because from what i could tell he was never really supporting her it was always yeah. i will do anything for you and that's just the way our relationship is which is of course why i think he loved her for that reason she was there to serve Mm -hmm. so then it was really interesting to see her 
completely abandoned Thad. Was that his name? Thad, I think so. Thad. The nice guy. She was like the nicest guy I've ever met. Yeah. Thad, the nicest guy she's ever met <laughs> on her wedding day to go and be a part of this campaign. You didn't walk out on your own wedding to be here, did you? That's a separate conversation, but yes, I did. We're all willing to put our lives on hold here. Wow. Um, <clears throat> that's... I mean, thank you. I went into the show without reading anything about it, which Mm -hmm. I was glad to do. But I thought it was going to be like American Crime Story and that it was just like... A different politician every time. Right. Or this was just a one season thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then it went off, you know, and, you know, the last episode is not whether or not he becomes president at his school, but like, you know, going off into this different storyline was Mm -hmm. really interesting and unexpected. Mm -hmm. I really loved it. I'll I'll go back to that final episode in a second because it's my favorite episode. But what did we think about? I want to talk about other characters, other actors in this show because the thing about the politician is that like Ryan Murphy comes with baggage, right? Like Ryan Murphy comes with like his long career doing multiple different types of genres and then like throwing all the genres in a blender and doing things that sort of are rule breaking in a way and like controversial or whatever but he also has his cast of characters that like he brings along with him Uh Brad Falchuk who is the co-creator of this show who's Gwyneth Paltrow's husband and like directed some episodes wrote some episodes and then his cast like Jessica Lange is in so many of his American Horror Story shows you've watched other Ryan Murphy shows like I have. Do you like this little universe that he's assembled? Like, is that comforting to you? Is that part of the reason you liked it? I mean, as a huge horror movie fan, uh, I was, it was insisted that I need to watch American Horror Story (laughs) because I hadn't. And I loved it. It was great, especially because like, for me, like the thought of being terrified all the time is like kind of exhausting. So I like that he like Ryan Murphy in the Ryan Murphy universe it was like all right let's let's be scary but let's also soap opera mm-hmm. that's sort of what it feels like even and I watched American Crime Story the OJ the OJ Simpson oh, yeah. trial and that also kind of felt like even though this was chronicling something that actually happened it was always heightened that's how yeah. it always feels in his universe and I think once you're okay with that I think it depends on who you are as a TV watcher but I think you do have to accept the fact that it is a heightened world that you're yeah. living in in Ryan Murphy's world. And I, I'm I'm okay with it. Yeah, and I think that a good example of that is the Jessica Lange character, like Dusty and oh, Infinity. Yes. But um, the Jessica Lange and Zoe Deutsch characters, it's like um, this grandmother is making her granddaughter sick for her own, like, personal gain, but yeah. also because she has a problem and, like, this is what she does and she, like, needs to be a caretaker or, you know, she needs to be responsible for this person. But that even down to the Ricardo storyline where Infinity gets a boyfriend, mm-hmm. did have you seen Mommy Dead and Dearest? I have. Or the they turn it's a documentary that they turned into a Hulu show with Patricia with Arquette. Patricia Arquette. But that is a true story about like a mother who did this to her daughter. Yeah. I mean it's I mean it's a real Munchausen by proxy. It's a real thing that happens. Right. But sharp objects. Sharp objects. Yeah. Ooh, sharp, I've ooh. seen that. Munchausen by proxy. That. Very very trendy. Yes. Very trendy. <laughs> but it's. It's wild to see him insert these things that are so topical and real and dark and tragic, and then he makes them funny and twisted. Sure, And yeah. part of it is like, 
do I even like this? Like, is this, this is making me uncomfortable, but, and then now, then she's singing. I was like, what is this genre? Because it's sort of true crimey, <laughs> yeah. but then it's like fully just a bizarre comedy, like dark comedy. Yeah. And then it's occasionally a musical. There's like, some singing. Yeah. How, how would you classify this to the uninitiated? uninitiated? Like, is this a comedy drama, black comedy? Like, what is this to you? I would say it's a dark drum com. It's, <laughs> it's definitely dark, uh, but I would say overall funny. Yeah, definitely funny. I think one of my favorite exchanges in the show happens when Infinity has realized that what her grandmother is doing to her. She mm-hmm. moves into a hotel room and then um, Jessica Lang comes and tries to like, you know, talk her down or whatever. And she's she's then she's coming in with the blackmailer, the threats. And she's like some something like she's like, I want to go where Ratatouille happened or something. I want to go to the restaurant where Ratatouille happened. And she's like, rats don't cook or, or something. I thought that was so funny. I want an all expenses paid senior trip to Paris, Nana. Unlimited funds. I want to do Paris right. Freedom is what I need right now. I want to go to the restaurant in Ratatouille, the one where the rat cooks. That's an animated film, Infinity. Rats don't actually work there. That was definitely one of my favorite things because it's absolutely super dark, especially when you find out that she has murdered her daughter. Mm -hmm. She is responsible for her daughter's death, which isn't necessarily something that I thought I could move past and be like, okay, but you kind of have to just because it's one thing after another Mm -hmm. with every episode. You had mentioned like the overacting in this. Yes. You were calling it out as as a positive comment. Yes. And I think that the Ryan Murphy, if you're not used to a Ryan Murphy show, this show is going to like completely fuck you up. You know, like you're like, what is happening? But if you're used, if you're watching the American Horror Story, if you watched even the O.J. Simpson show, is more straightforward as a drama, but like you can sort of get a sense of what his sensibilities are in that show. Absolutely. But it's like in this, you need people to act like overact and act theatrically and sort of overdo it because you need that heightened stuff to get over the fact that like, this is really dark. Exactly. There are some things that aren't, there are some questions that are not answered. Yeah, yeah. And, like, you just have to move past it. Like, you need these people to yell at you. I think a great example of that is even just the end of the first episode when um, Ben's sometimes lover slash Mandarin tutor commits suicide. Mm-hmm. That is, oh, my God. I mean, after I saw the episode. I saw the episode. I, I was, I mean, it doesn't even happen. Does it happen at the end of the episode? It happens, like, if not the, the middle, end, I think maybe in the middle, and then it's like eighteen months earlier or something. Yeah, yeah, and it's so dark, and I think it really, like, I'm gonna throw in another Netflix original show as a as a <laughs> as the opposite of this mm-hmm. that I also love, which is Haunting of Hill House. Oh yeah, Haunting of Hill House, I absolutely loved because I think another trendy thing that's happening is in horror, especially you've got your the witch, you've got Hereditary, Midsummer, is this idea of of, of mixing horror with trauma. Mm-hmm. And in Haunting of Hill House, you're taking a story of a haunted house, but going back and forth in time and really exploring the haunted house and the trauma that the hauntings and the ghosts have mm-hmm. left as a scar on these characters. That is not what's going on in The Politician. I mean, you take <laughs> what's happening with um, with uh, Peyton and the fact that he has seen somebody he loved murdered. 
you know, you'd really think that would be it for him mm-hmm. <laughs> in terms of like, I need to go to therapy. Like, yeah. I, I'm going to go down a dark hole. But in instead, he continues on with his candidacy. It's like war path, yeah. And I, I absolutely agree with you. You want to move on, you need to watch. If you're going to move on with the terrible things that happen, you've got to watch the characters yeah. also move on. I wasn't looking forward to watching this show right. because Ryan Murphy's very hit or miss with me. Okay. And especially, and I think this will lead us towards the final episode, but I'm like kind of sick of teen shows. Like I can't mm-hmm. really do a teen show. Sure. It's tough. I did Elite, which I actually really liked. Oh again, yeah, I watched Elite. Elite is very like, crazy it's like elite nuts that's fun yeah but like uh, i'm not a huge riverdale person sure. i'm not a huge i w- didn't watch gossip girl sure sure um sexy teens sexy teens i'm just like whatever and well, so and they're I not actually that... teens everybody yeah i think we know that yeah okay <laughs> um and this show i think one of the main things that left me sort of hanging was the fact that it was about a high school election and i was like oh more teens who are acting like adults right. like rich teens getting into trouble and acting like 25 year olds this is not appealing to me and i think the moment that i was like okay i like this is i mean i I enjoyed the whole season but that final episode when you realize oh this whole first season is really just a setup for a show about like adults yeah when it skips forward he's in college you brought you like jessica lang's out of those the the kids are out of there Mm -hmm. they're adults they're making adult decisions and then there's like that sweet scene with Gwyneth Paltrow like leaving to go on oh, her thing, I loved and I was that. like, like I like the Gwyneth Paltrow stuff, I like the Bob Balaban stuff, I didn't love the high school stuff, and now at the end, he wants to run for Senate against Judith Light, and who was secretly in a throuple, and her campaign manager is Bette Midler. I was like, this is the show I want, you know, like absolutely, and this is a show that apparently we're gonna get because I think the second season is happening. Oh, but that makes like, sense, yeah. But I was just like, okay, I like this show when it's about adults. Yeah, yeah. I think that the child, the kid thing, kind of makes it unappealing to me, and just to listeners, like if it seems unappealing to you because it's another teen show, it really kind of isn't because it was just sort of a stepping stone for a show about a politician yeah I mean I can understand where you're coming from not wanting to get into what I call the sexy teen genre (laughs) because not only are they not in high school but you know when I'm thinking of all the shows that you just mentioned it's like they do not mirror my experience in the slightest Mm -hmm. Um, not to mention just and I say this speaking from experience just how disgusting everyone is at that age I mean nobody's got clear skin Mm -hmm. and everyone's you know still growing and their voices are terrible and it's like none of that matches up and oh and everyone's very sexually awkward and if they're sexually active it's not going as smoothly as it is on all of these shows so I can understand where you're coming from I just want to comment on one thing you mentioned which was it's an easy show especially with how pretty it is and and they're all rich another thing that i also liked about all of this is everyone to me seeming how i felt Mm -hmm. nobody seems and and comments actively on the fact that a lot of these people are very unhappy Mm -hmm. these very wealthy people which is so comforting to watch if you are a person who does not live in a mansion who's watching it on a greyhound bus you're Mm -hmm. like okay i'm on a greyhound bus but you know what i've got goals i've got you know things that i want to do i don't Mm -hmm. have all the money yet and it's something i'm working towards like gwyneth paltrow is miserable in her house oh so miserable miserable. those twin boys are i hate them the Everyone worst. is miserable in this show, and I think that is sort of comforting in a way. In a way. It's I, not yeah. aspirational. Like, no. you don't want to be any of these people. Also, quick thing. Did you notice, directed by, I don't remember which episode, uh-huh. Helen Hunt? Yeah. What? What? She's like, she's got this little prolific directing career happening with her, like, post I, Mad About You life. Which I just saw a sign for 
on the subway there a, is another a spectrum original a spectrum original uh, yes for the, perhaps the people that love to watch mad about <laughs> you if i'm being honest another show that i didn't watch i was like i don't even think my parents watched mad about you i was like what is this no thanks but i'm sort of intrigued by mad about you yeah like, i could sing the whole song right now and I could that's do the what's song weird that's yeah i know it's really i don't even odd. know what their jobs were like i don't know what they did i know they lived in an apartment they had an apartment and like they had neighbors ira I know I, okay. who I always used to think was the Jeremy Piven, but it's not. It's a different bald man. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I so are you gonna? You're excited for season two, right? Oh yeah, heck yes. I mean, I had no idea they were in it, and so suddenly that yeah. final Judith Light. I was like, what? And then that, se- next shot, yeah. Bette Midler. I was like, huh? <laughs> half of that final episode is just Judith Light and Bette Midler, and I was like. Where am I? Where have they been for the past seven episodes? For a second, I was also confused because I should have I should have known because we they already say it's three years in the future. But then mm-hmm. I was like, is this going to be another twist where it's actually fifty years in the future and Judith Light is actually like Zoe Deutsch's character yeah. or something like? And then when she walks in and she's going to talk to this senator, I was like, is that going to be Peyton? Like, mm-hmm. and then I realized that wasn't the case. But I'm excited just to even see like I loved. I think my favorite Bette Midler scene was when she. T- Tells off her new staffer, who's oh yeah, uh, who I can't remember her name, but basically like puts her in her place. Oh, McAfee or McAfee? Yeah, yeah. love to see what that. What does she say? She's like, what's your name? McAfee Westbrook. Oh, your your first name is a last name. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> I didn't name myself. You know what? I just had my first grandson. You know what they named him? Jagger. I was holding him in my arms when they told me. I nearly threw him out the window. I didn't, of course. That would be a heinous crime. What do you think you're doing barging in here like this? I'm not used to seeing Bette Midler in things anymore. Same, yeah. Like someone comes back and they not only come back, they're just like immediately funny. Yeah. You're like, oh, I love this. This is great. Absolutely. They seem, there was something about it where they seemed excited to be in the show for sure hey and i also love you know i've i'm in my 30s now so the more people i see that are older and having active exciting sex lives i'm like (laughs) i have something to look forward to Mm -hmm. she's in a throuple Mm -hmm. i fully support that well thank you anita for being here thank you what a pleasure you can all watch the politician and frazier on netflix right now um, and season two when it happens. And also a lot of the American Horror Stories are up there. What else is there uh, that we talked is about? Is the OJ story on there? Did Maybe. Yeah. You is. We were talking about you before uh, we recorded. And you so, comes back in December. so good. December 26th. I am doing, <laughs> I am I work for the show. They don't know it yet. But yes. December 26th. And Badgley will try to kill again. I just think what a great day. The day after Christmas. That's what you're going to do. That's what I'm going to do. Well, thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. This was an absolute pleasure. This was was delightful. You can all subscribe to I'm Listening wherever you get this podcast. Yes. What's the next episode about? The next episode uh, is about uh, the worst episodes of Frasier. Which is probably going to be a fun one. It's going to be a fun one. Okay. Well, bye. Bye. Bye.